this is both of our lives have been fueled by taught by informed by influenced by hip-hop and hip-hop culture in many ways but we're from slightly different generations right so there's a lot of overlap in the kind there's some overlap in the music we listened to when we were younger uh, but then there's also just distinctly different windows and so we're friends of different ages but we talk about some of that and it veers off into plenty of other things i know that you're going to enjoy this one because even if hip-hop's not your thing you've got to like music right come on if you don't like music you're probably not even watching this anyway, because if you don't like music, there's something so deeply wrong with you <laughs> that that, uh, that you're not aware enough to realize that Things About Things is really good. And speaking of Things About Things being really good, if you really break it down, if, if you don't look at numbers and you don't pay attention to famous stuff, and look at numbers because you let me let me let me veer off for a second. Social media has messed with us so much that we actually mistakenly think that if something has a lot of likes or whatever's, then that automatically makes it good. And then if something doesn't have a lot of likes and whatever's, uh, then it might not be good. But if you pay attention, there are a lot of things out there that are really good. I, I follow some people on Instagram that, I, I don't know, somewhere along the way, I just happened upon their stuff. A friend of mine sent me something, whatever. And I'm like, this is really good. What content, what they're saying here. Helpful, nurturing, soul-inspiring, uh, right? And then I look, and there's they've got 292 followers on Instagram. And you know what? I stopped looking at that stop stuff and I stopped paying attention to that stuff because I want to curate my life so that good stuff is in my life. How about you? Right? And things about things is one of those things for you. And you can watch, right? You can also listen only. And some of you just went, wait, watch? I'm listening right now. You can watch this? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. It's a video now, and the reason it's a video now is because of supporters of the podcast. So I want to throw something out at you. This is mi around middle of the year, I'm saying this, 2023, and I'm going to set a goal by the end of 2023 to see if we can get 100 patrons of the podcast, but not because numbers. I don't really care about that stuff. It's just because it's because of patrons chipping in $1 a month or $5 a month or whatever they want to do just to support this, this endeavor. This continued endeavor where sometimes the conversations are about quirky little fun things and sometimes they're about deeper things and sometimes both. And this one with Pavin is both for sure. Some of it's fun, some of it's deep, and then you realize fun and deep don't have to be different from each other, right? So go to thingsaboutthings.com or you can go to patreon.com slash thingsaboutthings. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash things about things. And you just give a dollar a month or $5 a month or more if you want to do that. And it's because of people that have done that, that why I have cameras and microphones and lights and I can have a, a small little studio space to record this stuff. So it's just about supporting. Uh, uh, being a patron is about supporting an artist. And so in many ways, that's all that's happening right now is I've got artistic stuff in my mind and I have... 
I have friends and acquaintances that have unbelievable minds, and we have these meta conversations, these really philosophical conversations, and we get down deep because there's a lot, there's a there's an art of conversation that's being lost in our culture, and we're going to keep this thing going. And if you want to keep this thing going, go to thingsaboutthings.com or go to patreon.com/thingsaboutthings and hook a brother up and give a buck a month or five bucks a month. But right now, uh, I I don't remember how many how many patrons there are, but we're going for 100 by the end of the year. Will you be one of them? Will you go online to patreon.com slash things about things, read about the different levels and tiers or whatever it is, and support this podcast? And it's not just about supporting this podcast. It's about supporting an artist that's trying to keep things flowing, right? I've got uh, all sorts of endeavors that I'm working on. And one of them I want to tell you about is September 29th. I'm doing another comedy show in downtown Boone. I did one back in March, and it was at Wildwood Community Market, and it overflowed into the streets. We opened up the garage and had a great old time. And it was me trying to just be fun and funny and entertain us all. We danced a little bit. I had my phone out, and we played some music, and we danced together, and we had a great time, hour, hour and a half, something like that. Packed it out, super fun. It was so fun to see faces. I mean, I saw faces from... I saw faces from you know years gone by, uh, where I I used to be in the in the role of a pastor on a stage, right? So I was a youth pastor for for about ten years, and then I was a lead pastor or senior pastor or whatever teaching pastor is what I called myself, but uh, a teacher on the stage for for another dozen, twelve or thirteen years. And over the time, you know, Boone has a lot of movement and 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 turnover. People come to Boone and they leave Boone or they move away, they come back, the whole Boonerang kind of thing. But but there's people that I was looking out and I saw all these people that are just my my homies, you know, like the people that are I feel a deep connection with. And then they brought their friends and there's some other people that just saw flyers or friends told friends who told friends and some people showed up I didn't know. But we packed it out and it was super fun and I want to do it again. But we're going to do it again and we're going bigger. Not just bigger in numbers because I don't really care about that. But the room's going to be bigger for more wiggle space. Obviously, I do think there's going to be even more people. But even better than that is my friend Raheem Andrews is going to be on DJ on the stage. So some of you might know Raheem just being around Boone. We met through a church relationship, but also he organized a justice rally a few years ago downtown Boone. Like a thousand people came out and speaking of justice uh, and and uh, you know peaceful protest related to the injustices in our in our nation, the history of our nation and and continuing in our nation. And Raheem became a DJ. And so what happened was me trying to be a comedic MC, and I'll talk more about that in a moment, but me trying to be a comedic MC, connecting with DJ, my friend Raheem, on the stage, fulfilling a lifelong dream. When I was a child, the first dream that I ever had, and I don't mean when you go to sleep dream, I, I just mean like the, my goal in life, the first thing I ever wanted to do with my life, it started at the age of three, but then it grew... Uh, it grew to 
the point when I was about 12, somewhere in between 12 and 15, watching Def Comedy Jam, watching Showtime of the Apollo, listening to a bunch of hip-hop, watching a, 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 a lot of a movies. I'm an only child. I grew up on HBO, so I'm watching all the Spike Lee movies, John Singleton, so many other uh, directors and writers. But basically the hip-hop, what I would call the hip-hop culture, and then my personality combined with that influence. And when I was about 12 up to about 15, 15 was probably the peak, but somewhere in there was I wanted to do stand-up comedy with the DJ on the stage, getting the audience to dance. And that was something that I always wanted to do, and I just kind of put it to the side because in real life, you know, you become a teenager and then an adult and real life hits and responsibilities and your life path and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, somewhere along the way, I'm 45 years old now, somewhere along the way, I like forgot about that. And then a couple years ago, I remembered it and talked to my family about it, and they were like, go for it, do it. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And uh, it feels really good to just have fun and fulfill a lifelong dream. So I have done this a few times, but never have I in downtown Boone, in my place where I live, that I've been 15, 16 years, that, uh, that Kimberly and I are raising two children in, and these children are born and raised here. This is my home. This is my place. And I am asking my friends... And uh, maybe even, you know, my acquaintances and maybe we haven't seen each other in a long time and somebody maybe sent you this and you're watching it or listening to it for some reason. And speaking of, I, I veered off, watch it at thingsaboutthings.com slash watch. It, we're on YouTube and you can watch all the nuanced things. A lot of times when I'm with friends, we're, we're nibbling on food. You see stuff in the background. There's a whole story behind everything you're seeing back here. Oh yeah, you're missing out if you're not in the if you're not watching if you're listening only. But I get it. Some of you are on the treadmill right now, right? Some of you are on the elliptical. Some of you are doing yoga. Some of you are doing your little your uh, your little uh, commute on the way to work real quick, and you listen seven minutes at a time. Whatever. But you should watch. But September 29th, though, my friend, September 29th, September 29th is at everybody's. Brunchin Club, downtown Boone, on Howard Street. Go to thingsaboutthings.com for more info if you don't know where that is. Used to be Chata Thai. It's next to the local, across the street from Wildwood. If you don't live in Boone and you're, and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, just go to thingsaboutthings.com. It's fine. Thingsaboutthings.com, thingsaboutthings.com. But it's going to be, uh, I'm going to go ahead and estimate that there are going to be a good chunk of people there, right? Based on the last show and based on what I'm hoping... And my friend Raheem and I are hoping is that there's going to be a good chunk of people there. Enough that we're going to have fun together, right? And I'm going to get up and I'm going to be having some fun. I don't even think of it as normal stand-up comedy in the way that maybe you just kind of see what, what we've gotten accustomed to. It's not just me telling jokes. It's me just telling stories and trying to get us engaged with each other and have a good time. And the music will play. DJ will go for a while. We'll dance for a while. I'll help transition us to dancing and transition us back to some story times and having some fun together. It's just a night of having fun, and it's just five bucks. Where else in Boone, North Carolina, are you going for five bucks on a Friday night, and at the end of it, you're going to say, that was one of the best times of my life? Where else are you doing that? I'll tell you where you're doing that one of the times, September 29th, thingsaboutthings.com, downtown Boone at Everybody's Brunching Club, Jason is comedic MC, Raheem is DJ, a couple other potential surprises, we'll see, more to come there, but go to thingsaboutthings.com, 
Hook a brother up with supporting with a dollar a month or five dollars a month on Patreon. Going to the September 29th, packing out this place, wiggling and dancing and smiling so that until your face hurts. Thingsaboutthings.com. Either one. Either one, man. Yeah. Like, uh, what are you feeling? Oh, um, yeah, let's go that route, bro. All right. The f- what was the first word? Oh, which one? Ego or decisions? No, there was one before that, right? Oh, yeah. Seasons. Seasons. Yeah. I feel like people use that word a lot, mm. but sometimes it's like too much. Mm-hmm. They're like, I've been in a season of such and such right now. Yeah. And, and it'll be like... Uh, not to make this too superficial, but yeah, they'll, be, they'll yeah. be like, I'm in a season of whole wheat bread lately. And it's like, right. that's not really a season. Right. But maybe it is if, if it's like, if it's related to something deeply healthy for you right. and that means something. But anyway, seasons, I've said it so many times. Mm. I've been, I've, I feel like I've had at least three, four, five seasons that I've said in my life that mm-hmm. I, and I was aware of that. Yeah. What is that? What, when you say seasons or hear someone mm-hmm. say seasons? What are you thinking of? Mm. Well, I I thought about this on the way. Um, yeah. I, I think it was honestly today on the way in the car. Yeah. I think you had texted me about coming over here. And you were, um, and I was just thinking about how we've just entered a new season where we're back in each other's lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is new. And so lately, I think I've been, actually, ever since I came back to Boone, I've been yeah. thinking about people and seasons in my life as far as like people transitioning so for me seasons are all about people like what person was i with in that season you know do you do you think of milestone moments oh yeah yeah for sure milestone failures well, the failures are, are moments, are usually the moments. Oh, okay. Remember, right? My, what about milestone achievements? Yeah, like, achievements and failures. Those are the first things that come to mind. Uh, what about like quicker? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? Because I think mm-hmm. I think of oh yeah, that's when I moved from here to here and yeah. started this new thing. Yeah. Or that's when so and so died. Mm-hmm. Right, but there's also that's when I started picking mm-hmm. up on a new idea in yeah. the world. And it's not based on, I might latch it onto a person mm-hmm. actually sometimes, which I think is fair in my mind, maybe too much to, too much to put mm-hmm. on their shoulders is right, actually right. being the reason. It's more like I think of it as them. Mm-hmm. And I rarely tell them because sometimes I f- feel like it would put too much on them. Yeah. But I'm totally. starting to rethink that. Yeah. It just depends on like either my motivation for it mm-hmm. and purity of heart for it, mm-hmm. or if I think for some reason it might not be a good thing for them. They might right. not, but I don't know what they want. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing a lot of, re- th- this, a lot of season mm-hmm. for me is, I want to say some things about mm-hmm. how I feel in the world mm-hmm. with as with as much true, true self coming out. Mm-hmm. And I know there's some people say there's no such thing as, right. you can't express your true self. It's right, an untouchable right. thing. Yeah. So I'll just say like, the a healthy self 
or whatever. Yeah. And I know that the psychology might disagree with exactly how I say this, but I, I still think <laughs> right. that there can be a healthy right. self right. that is essentially your true self oozing out of this physical experience. Mm -hmm. And who cares about if it's perfect and exactly, mm -hmm. that's not even the point, mm -hmm. but the essence is actually yeah. still the same true. Mm -hmm. And I've been feeling that bubbling up. And when mm -hmm. I feel it bubbling up, I do it or I say it. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a new season for me. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if I have a person that I, I mean, I could probably name a lot yeah. of people. Well, we've been talking about hip hop, right? And so <laughs> it's, it's been yeah. in there. Right. And it's kind of this um, hip hop makes me think of my best friend when I was young, like wow. my homie coming up. Wow. And all we did was listen to Notorious B.I.G., Lil Wayne. Um, so that's what I was thinking about when I first asked you, like, uh, what hip hop artists do you like relate back to? OK. Thanks for asking. I can't name this isn't who I think is necessarily mm -hmm. the best yeah, MC yeah. Right. or the best rapper. I could list 25 plus names that mm -hmm. I think should be on that list. I don't even care about number one. Right. It has to do with an essence of a wave of mm. a season that entered the earth. Yeah, yeah. KRS-One. KRS-One. Okay. And it's, it wasn't like I like the way he sounds the most or mm -hmm. I like the way he flows the mm -hmm. most. It was the words that he was saying. Mm -hmm. He taught yeah. me the history or a portion mm. of my understanding and education of the history of the United States through through the filter of slavery mm. post slavery mm -hmm. uh, struggle towards civil rights yeah civil rights movement civil rights amendment uh -huh. post civil rights amendment mm. deep deep post civil rights amendment oppression <laughs> yeah yeah uh -huh. which is a freaking ironic thing to say right and i think that that's the divide mm in human history mm -hmm. is I rarely meet anybody who disagrees that about I rarely meet some yeah. real asshole that actually thinks yeah. it's good. Right. <laughs> right. They, they exist. They do. I, they I've been do. talking to less of them lately. Yeah. Yeah. They're I'm not, down, they're not in my circle. I'm down to zero now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but I've known a few. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> then there's the, and you know, the average reasonable person goes, yeah, and even after that, they didn't mm -hmm. really have as much rights yet and blah, 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 right, blah, blah. Right. But skipping forward, because you can be like, and jazz was cool. Right. And then, right? right. Uh, and rock and roll was invented and the right. blues, you know, blues and rock and roll. But civil rights movement, the education I got way after KRS-One, mm -hmm. which was when I was in school mm -hmm. reading history books, was yeah. essentially slavery was bad. Yeah. But then long, long, and blah, blah, blah. And Martin Luther King was super nice. Mm -hmm. Malcolm X was kind of mean. Yeah. Uh, but we're all good now. Right, right. That was pretty much what the history yeah. books said. Yeah. So I think post-civil rights, I'll just call it the 60s or yeah. whatever, but it's obviously not just limited to that decade. But after the 60s, civil rights amendment in the midst of that, bleeding into the early 70s mm. there's a line i think and some people go that's when everything has been okay for black people now mm -hmm. because they they got all the equality yeah, right, i don't right. know what else yeah. they're talking about yeah right it's or like a mile marker for everyone yeah, yeah or the system doubled down mm. on how to control and minimize and possibly eliminate a mm. people group yeah and that's when hip-hop was born yeah when they had like <laughs> impressive dude, voice against the machine. Yeah, yeah. It's and now 
some people argue punk and all totally i'm not even yeah. saying the best but right. my, i love and it was what i was exposed yeah. to but i do think that the difference between hip-hop and punk mm. they might be like fuck the system yeah guess which one got oppressed more you know yeah. what i'm saying not saying that there aren't people with difficult right. lives totally oppressed totally. by the government and says, right. i get it uh and um it was like no guitars mm. No, no drums, no flutes, no freaking instruments at all. The only thing left were broken turntables and sound gear in the and dumpsters that they put together and fixed. Mm. And then they had records, so they made, they had nothing except for music itself. Right. They didn't have instruments to make music, but they had music to listen to, and they made music out of music. Mm. And the and really, it started in the early seventies and was real fun. Mm-hmm. And it was like dance, which is awesome. Totally. And it's it was somebody get on the MC and say how awesome they are, which is also awesome. Yeah. But then shortly after that, somebody started saying something that really would be like expose the oppression. Mm. And when the when the oppressed is pinned down so hard that they don't even have instruments to create the poems. Right. And they use the broken music and they go, we have something we really want to say. This is what's been going on. Mm. Jazz and blues were always spoken like abstractly. Right, right. Think p- Good poetry often is, right? Totally. So what hip hop did was it was it's still poetry. Right. Sometimes it's like abstract and then mm-hmm. sometimes it bounces straight to literal again. And mm-hmm. it just because like when you write a poem. And you're getting people to think all like over here and over here, but all of a sudden you say something direct, it can smack you in the face. Right. And KRS One was just rapping the words of what happened, and I was yeah. like, "Who is it. this?" And I'm like <laughs> writing down. He's naming people, mm. the African American community that did all these amazing achievements that I never heard of, yeah. and I write their names down. I have to go to the library and go look up in a freaking like reference book because the internet didn't exist right so i was getting an education Mm. from a teacher and he calls himself a teacher well what i was thinking is all your guys are like the the grandfathers of the guys i listened to (laughs) coming up right right so when did you sort of come online in terms of not Mm. not necessarily the music that you've listened to that ever existed right right but the music that was coming out Oh, yeah, yeah. As you started listening to hip-hop. Dude. Roughly, what was that? Young Jock. I remember driving around in my sister's car, Pathfinder, had a VHS player in the back, and um, and she would be blasting Young Jock, like shoulder lean, stuff like that, just these like kind of um, 2000s dance songs. And T.I. was really what I loved. Okay, I he, can't he wait. He would wear flat build hats, just like on the edge of his freaking head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it just looked sick. Do you think... Yeah. what? Can you put some words to what the music was saying? Oh, yeah. Well, I can't speak. That's just my first memories of hip-hop was riding yeah. around with my sister Jasmine in the car. But where I actually paid attention Start to what, listening. Yeah, when I listened to it was with my homie Alec. And we yeah. were driving around on my Camry, just blasting that kid cut at you just for listening to. Really? Yeah. So there's something about that. It was it's mm. poetic, it's honest, it's Dude. it can go dark, but in an honest yeah. way, hopefully redemptive yeah. way. Yeah. Well, some of it was unredemptive. I think that's what kind of played to it. Yeah. It's kind of a little bit of both. And I think that might be there's this there's a shift in the generation mm. mm-hmm. after my generation. Yeah, totally. That started embracing 
some emotion. That more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's not to say that it was completely suppressed yeah. in my generation. Yeah. I think you got to go multiple generations totally. before you talk about suppression of, yeah. of feelings. Like, Although maybe no one ever did it. I don't well, know. And collectively, there's a better appreciation for the dark than I think ever has been. Why? Because I think that's just... It just is. Yeah. It's something that is. I think in the spiral that is humanity, we collectively kind of... That's another layer of thought that we were supposed to tap into. Is it a new season for humanity? Yeah. (laughs) Totally. Like, have we entered the darkness? Yeah. Right? Check this out. Instead of the enlightenment, Mm. what if we've entered a dark season? Mm. And it's not the dark season that that some people thought was going to happen. Like, oh, if the world keeps Mm. going this way, we're Mm -hmm. just going all into the darkness. Mm. And it's like, you're actually right, Mm. but you're so wrong. Yeah. You mean evil when you say darkness. Yeah. And we mean embracing all that is yeah. when we say darkness, right? Yeah. Dude. It is the yeah, that isness. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that there needs to be a mm. disconnect between the word darkness and the concept of bad things? Yeah, totally. Because I think yeah. that's part of the reason why there's yeah. not an embrace of darkness among right. some, because they think like so you're just going to give yourself in to every murderous... And it's like, no, that's not what we're oh. saying. <laughs> no one said that. No one even thought that. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> All I these totally like, there's just going to be... Like, well, those movies, you can just go around and kill everybody one day or whatever. Dude, I mean, I really do uh, am attracted to dark television. <laughs> like, stories where... Uh, have you ever seen The Sons of Anarchy before? I have not. So, it's about it. It's about it motorcycle gang yeah nothing i can relate to in my no typical life right yeah, yeah but the guy is so dark and twisty and he's trying to do the right thing but then he's murdering people left and right uh, and yeah. at the end of the show it's just got a tragic ending yeah uh, spoiler alert yeah. for anybody tragic ending, um, tragic ending and and i just but for some reason i connect to that well to that so deeply well you're like <laughs> you know you're like the context of who these characters yeah. who these guys were it could end bad yeah Exactly. And circling that all the way back to our hip hop conversation, that's what I liked about artists like Kid Cudi. And um, I mean, Lil Wayne is more like just fun, fun. at the party. And there's nothing wrong with, with that. girls, right? There shouldn't yeah. be anything wrong with just yeah. being fun as long as it's, again, not like her trying to hurt yeah. anyone with your words. But I just, I connected to that culture, man. And just what those guys were saying. Even though I went to a pre- private 1A school with all white kids primarily. And I was their exposure to ethnic culture. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm the most exposure they were going to Were get. you reminded of that by them in on a semi-regular basis? Nah, it was mostly, like, sly things. Like? Oh, like, someone just being like, um, uh, oh, but you're not, like, you're not actually brown, dude. You're just half. So they're acknowledging it. Yeah, yeah. Did it ever make you feel, like, mm. outside of the, their actual group of... Pierce. I think the only time ever was at one of my my homies' house, um, and his 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 grandfather was old school, you know, and um, and he was like, "Yeah, you're probably the darkest person we're ever gonna have in this house." Oh, that's not a good sentence. <laughs> no. Like I thought you were gonna say you're the darkest person we've ever had in this house, no, and no. he said we're ever going we're to ever have, gonna in have in this house. That's, that's a bad one. Yeah, and I remember being in that house, just being like, "Hmm." Yeah, you don't want to be. That's different, right? Yeah, tight with somebody. But that's that. like, I mean, people talk about it in culture now, like the privilege of being Indian or like the, um, just like a, a softer ethnicity or whatever, something uh, like I that. I haven't heard this before. Um, but yeah, it's like almost, okay. it's it's a more privileged, like, 
I guess people would joke about it more. Yeah. Know? Oh, it's I know what you're saying. To like the extreme, like yeah, like, I white, know what you're like, saying. Actually. White people and their pre norms, right? Like even my own family members, like it's easier to accept in some capacity for them. I have a hard time knowing what when acknowledging an ethnicity is in some ways just fine and healthy. Yeah. And yeah. then when it isn't. Yeah. And there's some obvious ones that it isn't, but right. it's like. Like, that's why I was asking you how mm. it made you feel. Mm. But I think if I moved to another country mm-hmm. or another or another culture, right? Yeah. that I was the only person with this skin color, right. they'd probably mention it on a regular basis. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind unless they mm-hmm. were trying to say that I was somehow bad because I yeah, was that. Totally. If they just notice I have lighter skin, right. I'm not going to be like, how dare you, sir? It's just like, right. I have lighter skin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, I guess it just depends on if it's a pejorative put yeah. down or or too much maybe. Mm-hmm. If it's too much, you kind of wonder like, is that the only thing you think of when you see right. me? <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, <laughs> yeah. I had to think about that every now and then in Nepal. But the nice thing was I kind of blended in there too. Oh, okay. You know, like yeah. while traveling, you do yeah. you could pass as half the world really. Yeah, it it is helpful. I yeah. feel like being a half breed is just awesome. I think if yeah. you were Central South America, mm-hmm. if you were Middle East, yeah, um, lots of Asia. But India. then they hear my accent. Yeah, but <laughs> but that's that's not really the point, though. You know, if we're only talking <laughs> yeah, about this. Yeah, that's true. When I went true. to, so my family's from Lithuania, uh-huh. or at least my mom's side, mm-hmm. um, and I went to Ukraine a couple times, which mm-hmm. is pretty close. Yeah, and it's the first time in my life I was like. <laughs> Oh my God, I look like these people. Right, right. Like, I was like, I love the food mm-hmm. and I, all the women are beautiful. And it's mm-hmm. like, this is crazy. Yeah. So there's there's something there, man. I probably thought about that when I went to India for the first time. So I have the, another theory I'm working through that's like, mm. I don't know. It's It sounds like the opposite of the progress that I feel in my heart. Right. But I don't think that it's somehow, uh, I don't think that it's bad if somebody finds themselves by default being attracted to the same a person mm-hmm. with a similar look as them. Yeah, totally. I think it's actually a pretty natural thing historically. Yeah, for sure. But I think that the way forward in the world, I, I, I'm looking forward to more mm-hmm. and more like homogeny of that mm-hmm. in some sort of hope that it decreases yeah. the false sense yeah. of difference. But what makes me sad about it is if mm-hmm. that were to, the, if it happens too much, mm-hmm. some of the distinctions go away. Yeah. That I think would be so sad for the mm. world to miss. I mean, yeah. name any culture and you could yeah. be like, this is why that's beautiful that it exists. Right. I mean, every time you watch like the Olympics or whatever. Yeah, totally. Like, I love the fact that you're going to get a certain energy from, from mm. Barbados. Yeah. And then there's like Finland. And I'm like, yeah. I love both of those places. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, totally. I don't want like everyone to be the same color, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I feel like it just... Um, yeah, I feel like naturally we're always going to have some difference. Even There's yeah. no way it's going to, like, it just, it's beautiful now that it's just choice. Yeah, know? but like, also terrain, I think, can do a lot. Totally. You know, temperature, yeah. foods that you can grow there. Yeah. I think that does something to the way that you feel and act. Yeah, that totally. I mean, get me, get me some curry in me on a regular basis, and I'm hotter, <laughs> dude. I'm straight up. My body's like a train runs, running yeah. stronger. Yeah, runs, man. Bro, I, mean, <laughs> I swear I, I'm healthier when I eat rice at yeah. this season of my life. It's just I, like I exactly actually, what I need. I agree. This isn't rice, but uh, I agree. And I don't care if anybody says otherwise about all the carbs. Yeah. I'm rice like, is a this staple, is sir. good for me right now. There is some rice that's better for you than other kind if it's got 100%. like, you know, 
bleached within an inch of his life. Yeah. I've been rinsing off my rice lately. A what? Do you do that? Soak your rice? Like pour it in some water? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing that lately. You're in a season of rice soaking lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feel free to have some of those if yeah. you want some. All right, so 2000s is when you started really going. You were like in hip hop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, were you listening to something, to stuff older eventually? Yeah. Notorious B.I.G. was my guy. So, so what, where we meet yeah. is the early 90s, I think. Yes. Yeah. That's where we meet. Exactly. Because I, I mean, like, predating the or 90s and nwa which is 80s but that mm -hmm. leads to dr dre ice cube yeah and more but that's kind of the names that dr dre the Cro or the chronic dr dre the chronic i remember getting that on my ipod so i bought it on cd when it came out the yeah. day that it came mm -hmm. out and my parents my mom in particular was just so concerned of what i was oh, listening yeah. to <laughs> oh, you yeah, know man. i'm listening to the cassettes the messages were one thing. Right. She heard like some bad words, mm -hmm. but she didn't hear the content of the chronic. Yeah, dude. exactly right. <laughs> so she I didn't learned know what they were saying with those bad words. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I started listening, you know, more with on um, Discman mm -hmm. with headphones because mm -hmm. it was like I can't be blasting some of those tracks on yeah. there. But uh, I still remember almost every word of the album. Mm -hmm. I listened to it and have still listened to it many, 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 many times. Dude, he was such a genius. Yeah, guy. still, still going. Yeah. But early 90s, so you got Snoop, Dre, yeah. Ice Cube, um, and then you have Tupac, and yeah. you've got Biggie. I mean, there's mm -hmm. so many more. Yeah, they start to creep up into the 2000s. Yeah. Did they? I think so. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I sort of like late 90s mm -hmm. is when I sort of... Yeah, clicked on. Yeah, which really leads me to, here's an interesting season. Mm. It's not a hard season of when the year 2000 hit, yeah. mm -hmm. but it's that's almost exactly equated with the digital age. Totally. And isn't that fascinating? The internet started before that, mm -hmm. but, but it's a really close, it's almost like saying Jesus of Nazareth was born in the year zero. Mm -hmm. He probably was born in like 6 BC, but you know what? That's it makes sense. Let's just call it zero. Yeah. Even though I hate the fact that the world calendar and all that changed because of the colonizers, but that's not really the point. That's right. not an important <laughs> subject. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, around two thousand. Yeah. Is the digital age. Yeah. Internet, everything changes, accessibility, yeah. and all that. Yeah. I was listening to hip hop up until the yeah. digital age. I never. I. It was only. It was before the internet existed. Yeah. And as soon as the internet existed, my mm. life had gone on a different different trajectory. And I had people telling me hip hop wasn't, uh, yeah. you're not, that's bad messaging and stuff. Right, right. And I just sort of, yeah. I didn't make, I didn't do one of those, like, I'm going to burn all of my, right. in Jesus name. It wasn't yeah. that. I just sort of like shifted and everything else was just like back there. Yeah. I just found out yesterday something that a lot of people might know about themselves, yeah. which is what generation they are. Mm-hmm. Which is sort of a season. Oh, yeah. What are you? I'm a zennial. A zennial. That's before it's millennial. It's considered a micro-generation. <laughs> nice. And I'm normally not into this stuff. Yo, but no, when, it this was, is when it was yeah. describing me, I was like, yeah. this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Generation X. Mm -hmm. 
I think it ends in in the sixties or something. I don't even uh-huh. really know. But there's, we, I think we've we know kind of at least the stereotypes associated right. with Gen X. Right. And you know what? Most of them aren't the best right yeah. now, but they're human beings, man. They there were some wonderful things that yeah. came out of that, yeah. and there was some horrible things. They were okay? born in the season they were in. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Can't blame every single person just for existing yeah. then. Yeah. I like a lot of stuff about it. Then there's Millennial. Yeah. Okay? The micro-generation of Xennial is the, gen- it's the X from Gen X and, mm. and then Ennial. People born from 1977, which is the year I was born. Yeah, yeah. That's the first one, and that makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> to 83. Oh, all right, word. 77 to 83 yeah. is a micro-generation that, instead of thinking of it as their characteristics or their personality mm-hmm. traits or whatever mm-hmm. you want to say, right? we're the micro-generation that our childhood mm. was analog. And as soon as, this, as soon as we became adults, right. the world was digital. And that's a distinct fit feeling. Yeah. And I think part of what I'm going through, mm. it's not just some sort of like before I went in on a trajectory mm. in, in, a, in a clergy path right, right. that I never felt like it was yeah. me. Just kept going with it. And right. I just 20 something years went by and I was still doing it. Right. I also was like, and I went back pre-internet to like, what did I like? What did I read? Right. What did I yeah. listen to? What did I watch? When right. it was just channels. Yeah. And anyway, yeah. I'm analog. So as right. soon as di- as soon as adulthood, mm. digital, I take a path towards a different kind of music and different kind of way yeah. of listening and think yeah. kind of things I'm reading and listening to. I don't know any of the names except for a couple that yeah. you would say. Right. And I can't wait. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to, to it. discover it. There's yeah. so much content. At your I, I want, how about around. we share? What if I gave you like a sent you a playlist of, you know. We could say 25 to 50 mm. songs, yeah. something that's a lot, but not like crazy overwhelming. If yeah. you got like a thousand songs, you're like, bro, I'm not going to nah, get through this. 25 is good. 25. <laughs> yeah, you could do 25. That's like, bro. if you listen to this, you'll not only understand that decade or two mm. of hip hop, mm. it, it'll be some representation, but right. also curated to us, yeah. not just like the top songs of those years. That's not what I'm saying. Right. But like right. your tops yeah, yeah. that did something here. Mm. Or just here. Yeah. Because those Or both I just count. like to yeah, club too. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right. Like right. if it made you if it gave you that confidence to walk up and mm. start dancing mm. and it was like really worked. Yeah. Cause like uh Ain't None But a G thing mm. absolutely does that for me. Right. It was the it was the song of my generation. It was yeah. I had just turned fifteen, so yeah. I wasn't a kid anymore. It gets you high. I wasn't like little kid listening. Mm-hmm. I was like young man liking girls. Uh-huh. And that album drops, but it doesn't represent my story. Like, mm. <laughs> I'm not. I I didn't have the the experience of that album, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and I and I and I didn't learn a whole lot about the world. Mm. It didn't harm my view, like it did for some. Like gangster rap actually can have a negative totally. consequences and yeah. stuff. Yeah. But it didn't harm it because I had been listening and watching. I mean, every Spike Lee movie, mm-hmm. like educated by this right. culture. Yeah. So by the time I see that music video, I don't see a bunch of thug gangsters. Right. I see the product of a system that mm. is continuing to try to suppress and mm. a, a way to survive with no judgment. Mm. With the exception of 
there's a difference between defending yourself and surviving right. versus there are some people even within that yeah. that have evil intent. Nobody yeah. actually likes them. Yeah. Uh, not even their moms like them, right. you know, <laughs> right. Right. but like, but most of the people are just mm. trying to figure out how to make a way in life. Mm. And there's a, there's another kind of respect. There's another mm. kind of protection mm. that isn't ideal at all. Right. But so I wasn't just like, Oh, I just like, be, I want to be like mm. a gangster. I wasn't right. like that. Right. But I want, but maybe you could send me songs that are like, so this one's know. like, this one's just to wiggle a little bit. Yeah. You're going to like it. And then yeah. some, this one's like, this one hits here mm. or here, you know, mm. I can't wait. Dude. I just think going back to your um, zennial, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. So you're zennial and then I'm millennial. Okay. So I'm in like the last year of millennials because I was born in 1994. What's the one after that? I don't know. Is it zennial? No, after that, I think it's Gen Z. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Gen Z comes after me, I think. So we are millennials and <laughs> you bought CDs of Dr. Dre and then you had... So you were 20, you were in your 20s when the internet came out? I think I was, I think I was younger than that when the internet technically existed. Right, but, but like, when people started using it, yeah, I was like Like 20. smartphones, when you got an iPhone. Well, an iPhone didn't even come about until 2004. Yeah, that's about right. So I, my first cell phone was mm-hmm. in like 99. Yeah. And it was like a little yeah. flip thing. And then mm-hmm. there was like, um. Like Blackberries, which I think still oh, yeah. exists, but when yeah. that came out, it was like, yeah. oh my God, look yeah. what I can do. Yeah. That was before the iPhone. But I'd say in my early, very early 20s, mm. 21 maybe, is when the internet was like, you could go to a website right. and you could look at it and yeah. you could click on it. Right. It was slow. Right. You couldn't really stream. But it worked. But it existed. Yeah. And, the world, and the world was connected in a way that it never had been before. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I remember getting my first laptop when I was like 15. Yeah. privilege i got this toshiba and um all i would watch is skate videos yeah i had dvds of skateboard videos and that was that was like that was my introduction to like hip-hop culture was skateboarding that's that's actually where it ties back dude to. skateboarding and hip-hop tie, tie hand to hand because like skateboarding is like this inclusive culture that's true that is just like all we do is yeah it's kind of this pocket of, wow. cre- of creativity and unique space that I, I think skateboarding is the only reason I turned out to be any type of cool. I started skateboarding because of church. So this guy, these two guys at my youth group, um, that or I was 13 and they were like 14 and 15 and their parents yeah. volunteered and my parents were pastors. And, um, and so, um, yeah, I started skating with them all the time and then they kind of faded out. And so then I went to, I moved, I went to a prep school instead of this little Christian school um, like a little college preparatory school. And I was literally, I mean, I was the only skateboarder in the entire school. No one else cared about it. But at, in the summer, I found some magazine and I told my parents, I need to go to the skateboard camp in California. Yes. And so Dude, I would, confidence for like question. every, I mean, that was when I was 13 year old. I got my first cell phone to, to fly to California. So I could call my mom when I got there and, um, oh my God, I fell in love with Los Angeles, dude. I loved L.A. I loved skating I around love L.A. LA. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Like, California culture and skateboarding in general is just such a... Yeah, so I started watching skate videos ever since I was 13, just racking them up. And that was my first exposure. I remember the first skateboard video my parents bought me. It was called Baker 3. And on the back of it, it said, not your parents' video. 
Like, yeah. don't let your parents watch it. Explicit content, right? Good marketing. Yeah, and my parents didn't even... They were so innocent, right? They were just so happy I was stoked on something. Yeah. And um, and the first scene, this dude lights a doobie that's, like, this big. Oh, you know? And really? I just get exposed. And it's just this hard rap song. It's these kids in the streets just, like, I mean, just up to terrible, no good, like, shenanigans. Um, and that, like, I think like that's... What, like, terrible shenanigans? Oh, I mean, just, like... <laughs> Like just being a pissant to like ladies in the street and calling out to people and like oh, yeah, what yeah. they would call hijinks, you know? Okay. Like just impractical jokers. Yeah, just fucking around. But not like not like harming people physically and no, stuff. No, just yeah, like just little kidding. kid shit, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But these guys are like twenty two years old, right? You know, they're just drinking on the street and just but they're doing insane stuff on a skateboard. Mm-hmm. I mean jumping down thirteen sets of stairs and I mean just awesome stuff. Um, but yeah, man, but I kept that skateboarding center the whole time I was in prep school with these frat boys, essentially. I went to school with guys that were preparing to be fraternity brothers, right? That was the goal. Like get to college, get in a frat, party hard. That's the life. Fast forward, you're 45, you got a big house and yes. you still keep in touch yeah. with your And you're a financial and advisor and like and not nothing wrong with those guys. I love those guys. And they guys. click around on the computer doing something we don't yeah. even understand, making like three, four, five hundred right. grand. I kinda do a job like that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I click yeah, around on three screens. I'm a real estate agent. I'm, playing I'm a real estate agent. <laughs> you know, like I didn't see any of this yeah. coming. But you know what you're I You're not got. skateboarding. No. Not I for a living. Yeah, not for a living. God, I wish I could though, man. So that yeah, skateboarding really defined my 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 whole kind of high school career. Um, just kept me having that different, you know, different self. And you know, with my little enneagram fourness, I just loved being special and doing something different than all my friends did, and wearing cool shoes and dressing fresh. Like I just look. So- you actually like the fact that some of your friends didn't skateboard because oh, you could be the skateboard yes. guy. But when you were yeah. actually skating with yeah. other guys, did you feel less special? Oh, for sh- oh, my mom will will tell you this story that I always wanted to be. Now, again, this isn't anything against this sect, but most skateboarders don't come from a nice, privileged private school, right? The guys at the skate park I was hanging out with are from a much different area of Anniston, Alabama than I was, right? And is that just because of downtime and not as many resources to be going and doing other things? Why would that um, be associated with with that? I'm I guess thinking they're not going to violin lessons and like right. whatever. They're well, just like, yeah, that, right. They're not born in privilege, so their mom buys them a skateboard. And that's they're it. not paying for sports like to go to soccer practice. They got their board and that's it. And they can just go on the street. Give them right? transportation even if it's not yeah. as good as a car. Yeah, it's and so I always wanted to be a poor kid when I was on the skateboard. I didn't want to tell them I went to prep school and my mom has a Porsche. <laughs> You know, like so you 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 felt shame in privilege. Oh, so ashamed of my privilege, dude. Yeah, that was so defining. Shame in your from your yeah. privilege. Yeah, but when you carry that skateboard culture back, you felt proud. Totally. Do, yeah. Was it a healthy pride? Uh sometimes it got out of hand. I mean, me and my so I met my best friend Alec when I was like sixteen, and he became like my. Me and him became the unit, right? And so I took the. I took the street shit I learned from skateboarding, and yeah. me and him were just debaucherous, right? He uh-huh. was a bad influence. I was a terrible influence. Yeah. But everybody loved us because we were a party. And that was kind of like yeah. what came together. He was the, the star prep frat boy, and I was just the kind of 
the pothead skater boy, <laughs> you know, but we, this but, is your best friend as a kid. Oh yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. 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 And so as we were coming up, it was hip hop, it was skateboarding, and then it was just partying. You right? know what's so cool about a par- Are you still friends with him? Oh, no, he died. Oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. When did he die? Uh, he That was about in my, I think it was 21 or 22. All right. Yeah. Uh, that was got to be in the season category. Oh, yeah, that's the season category. Did it? Do you feel yeah, like, yeah. well, when he died, do you think there's any energy that you were carrying that died? Mm, nah, I think, um, ah, I think I said that too soon. Probably not a nod. There was definitely something that passed away. And it was, a, it was, um, the simplest way to describe it is a certain immaturity. Yeah. Right? Like, a in certain, a good way. Not yeah. A certain a naive, part of the, like, a certain part of the ego died, right? Like, something that I had put on over those years of being friends together and through that season of, like, some immaturity, ego layer that had been there just shed right off. <sighs> suffering will do that. Suffering is... Grief in particular in the suffering, mm. I think, is a, a dynamic duo for that. Because there's some suffering that yeah. is different than if you're, all, you're suffering mm. because a person has right. died. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you, your childhood kind of ended mm. when he died. Mm-hmm. But coincidentally, it was roughly around the time you were becoming a man anyway. Honestly, it was the, I'm so grateful for the experience in, in hindsight. Yeah. Because I've seen guys that didn't experience death or some kind of suffering at that age. At that yeah. crit- and instead of shedding what they needed to leave behind, they kept it and they still have it. <laughs> you know, into their adulthood. Yeah. And it's like, you can they're see they're assholes. Yeah. Or and maybe they still had trauma, but without shock, without taking a shock point and using it to grow, it's, it's, it can be devastating as far as for personal development. So let's say like, what was that guy's name? Alec. Okay. Let's say Alec didn't die, mm-hmm. but something else and, 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 but something else didn't happen to make you go through some suffering at that time. Mm-hmm. What's Pavan? What's Pavan if, if he didn't, if he didn't die and I don't, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't necessarily have to talk about your relationship with him in that right. answer, although right. feel free to, Yeah, yeah. but I didn't mean it that way. It's mm-hmm. just like, what's Pavan mm-hmm. if he doesn't, if that part of his ego didn't die right then. Mm-hmm. I think Pavan just would have extended, um, adolescence a little sometimes i think it is dramatic as it might sound i think i would have stayed closer to alabama like because i kept i kept having relationships that were keeping me there mm-hmm. but i mean as from the time i was 13 i was going to california by myself i was always trying to i was always going somewhere love you guys but i gotta go check yeah, this thing out and that was because privileged parents like, and i think you're always welcome home too Totally. My so parents love that. makes it so much easier yeah. to travel if you're welcome yeah. home anytime you yeah. want. If and it's a one-way my, ticket, it's scary. <laughs> and that my parents would pay for it. You know, my pops is taking me everywhere, and me and my sister. I think that's awesome. I mean, sure, Dude. I'm sure there's a line where it wouldn't be if it's too much yeah. and too gaudy of a way. Uh-huh. But I can tell you that I enjoy taking my children to new experiences and having Dude, them be exposed to I new places and foods. And For rain is so bad. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, like, it, I don't want everything to be covered in gold yeah i just want it to happen i want yeah. them to learn and grow and travel and i wish everyone human could. being yeah i wish yeah. everybody could do that man yeah me too uh 
So, so it would have extended, but maybe just life would have hit you anyway. Yeah, life I mean, hits me, I think thankfully I had enough people around me. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, my parents were solid, and I had good. I had the good influence in there. But going back to when it did happen, the decisions that came after it, I mean, just led me straight here to everything good that I've had since I've been an adult. You know, as far as because I was thinking about. Wow. With the seasons thing, you know, it's like childhood, adolescence, uh, teenage years, and then that young adult stage. And right at 21, I moved into that young adult stage. Yeah. Right when he died, I kind of was like, okay, now I need to start making some actual decisions. You know, breaking up with girlfriends, <laughs> taking different directions, not caring about, you know, just like, yeah, it was it was a really good... I feel like one thing if I could, yeah, something Chelsea and I talk about all the time is about using using that pain to move each other, you know, when we're in those seasons. Because sadness and that actual pain and suffering that we have that um, she was telling me about, what is it, the pain body? Have you ever heard about it? Mm-hmm. And just how that suffering co- connects us to the pain body and the whole and everyone essentially right like the whole universe we yeah. can all experience that grief yeah. it's like when 9-11 happened or people you know pe- mass mm-hmm. people die everyone connects to the collective pain covid covid boom <laughs> perfect example bro yeah yeah and that one's a little bit different it hit so, it hit yeah. different than a one yeah. moment. It was yeah. it's just extended thing. God, because that was so many things wrapped together. It wasn't even just one tragedy. <laughs> That's gonna like, be a micro generational thing later on. They're gonna realize some stuff hit. Yeah. To kids. Yeah. I think it's gonna. That's gonna be a thing. Yeah, my daughter was born in in that environment. And my kids both got instantly mm. with no planning, no access to their friends. God. Wow. Right. And which it happened to all of us, but <laughs> right. adults handle things in different when you already have yeah. something built in you. Mm. You're like, it's okay, man. We'll, vi- we'll video and I'll see you in a year and right. we're good. Yeah. They're like, boom. Whoa. So no uh, physical you got your first computer when you were 15. Right. My kids got their first computers given to them for free by the school system. Right. When the whole thing started, it was just like, they have computers. We weren't going to get them computers for a long time. Yeah. Now, right. thankfully, the school provided ones had a lot of parameters. I was going to say, there's got to be some restrictions. There were restrictions. Yeah, and yeah. then we're real we're real chill with them about mm-hmm. letting them grow and learn yeah. as long as we openly communicate. Right. So they've seen things like we've watched movies and there's some language in there that mm-hmm. some parents might not think is okay right. to expose them to. Right. We do think it, it's fine because yeah. we talk about it. And then there's yeah. still some things we don't expose them to yet. Yeah. And... Uh, and but they're just like watching videos mm-hmm. of their thing, yeah. Just like wham, you know. Yeah. So they hit, it hit different for them. Yeah, it wasn't like, and when you turn thirteen, right? It was just like ding. Yeah, I, we didn't the even world think this was going to happen. Yeah, right. that that was interesting. But man, I'm fascinated with. Well, there's so much we could circle back to, but I'm fascinated with this, this death of ego. Mm-hmm. because it's a good thing mm-hmm. but i don't think it's always a good thing uh, in every way yeah I was, you're um, you're thinking the same thing i'm thinking yeah. that yeah and so is there something that that sidelined pavan mm. when alec died mm. that wasn't supposed to 
and I hate saying supposed mm-hmm. to because I don't even know what I mean by mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in like one path that was supposed mm-hmm. to happen preordained. Mm-hmm. That's not really what I mean. Yeah, but like, yeah. uh, I think it's worth considering mm-hmm. if something in Pavin mm-hmm. got smashed down deep that wasn't a death of ego right right that wasn't an end of ad- as adolescence mm-hmm. in a way that is no- that people mm-hmm. would just have yeah that never was supposed to get crashed down because mm-hmm. i i don't know a better phrase than supposed to uh right. but like it's not a natural process mm-hmm. in life mm-hmm. to lose a best friend when you're 21 no. That's not the same as like, and when my father died or when my mm-hmm. grandfather died, mm-hmm. those are sad. Yeah, yeah. Right? And also, they're holy rituals. Mm. You got hit with one that isn't one of those. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it is, but it's but it's a rare one. Mm-hmm. It's like, it is a holy ritual, yeah. but yeah. not everyone gets that yeah. ritual. 5% or whatever the number would be. Right. I'm right. sure in certain parts of the world, way higher. Way higher in some, yeah. And we want... None. I want none of those. Yeah. But I'm just wondering because when I, I'm trying to picture 15 year old Pavin, mm. you, you probably had an Flat equally hat. yeah <laughs> an equally big smile. You got yeah. a big smile. You probably yeah, yeah. did then. Yeah. Braces. Nice. Uh-huh. Were you as? Did you already had grown into yourself? Nah. Tall wise. I was okay. even skinnier. So you shorter. were the, a lanky like. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Full of life, mm. full of potential, mm. anything's possible. Yeah. Throwing parties with your friend. Oh, yeah. Just being awesome. Talking about maybe the future of what that relationship mm-hmm. could be like. Yeah. And maybe some some paths you could go down could have just been empty. Mm. If it's like that frat energy, it yeah, can yeah. just be empty stuff. Mm-hmm. But man, it doesn't all have to be. Some mm-hmm. of those could be like, this is epically community building what mm-hmm. we're doing right now. Because that's, yeah. I think, a party. Yeah in its pure form mm. is we are alive and we are together yeah and we're just celebrating the fact mm. that we're alive and we're together mm. and life is hard but mm. it's also good yeah and that's the energy you got mm. I, I i just think you have whatever whatever that was mm. this is just me making this up on the spot yeah, but yeah. I, it's from kind of getting an essence about yeah. you I don't. I, th- I think there's some part of you that didn't die, that just got walloped so hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that to say, I want to see you throw a fucking party. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm really trying well, to say. You know, I <laughs> I would go. I would be all in if you brought that energy <laughs> to it. Well, you know, that's taking it back. I mean, what what you feel, what you're saying about what got left behind in that season from Pavin. I think that's what I'm discovering now. You know, mm. like after, especially with my relationship with Chelsea, like I've told her that so many times, or I, f- I have told her this before. Yeah. Um, just how her relationship <coughs> has been like a remembrance of what I had with Alex when I was young, like the friendship uh, aspect, right? You know, we have beautiful. love and parenthood and, but yeah, yeah, that energy that I felt with him as a friend is now like been redeemed as far as this is the only word I can think of to yeah. use it. Um, from that experience because now like we form this unit that gives me the same comfort that I had like that and that energy because Chelsea like creates a space where people can come and I mean she's just like the best party thrower ever and we just both collectively create that fun I feel like that fun energy but 
it was after a real season or the past, you know, past three years of, <laughs> yeah, feeling like just getting pushed down. It's not in my professional, like in my, the ego part of me that I think is good, like my good expression into the world. I've been so focused on pushing that down. You know what I mean? Why? I think because to survive, I needed, like, after Alec, I went through a real self-discovery, I would say, phase through college, girlfriend, traveling to Nepal. Really spent some self-discovery and realized all the things that needed to change within me. Okay. And so I became, like, hyper So some of it really needed to happen. Some of it did, yeah. And if you're not careful, you can accidentally <laughs> throw some things out that you thought in the moment yeah. needed to be thrown out. Totally. Oh, man. Yeah. I've had that. I mean, only child, dude. There's a right. selfish energy about being an only child. Right. And so when I do that inner inventory, mm. I'm like, quit focusing on yourself so yeah. much. Quit yeah. doing that. And then, but it's like, careful, because mm. you know who matters? You're, you matter. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. if you're always like, don't do this, don't yeah. think about yourself, you can accidentally just go. Chuck some out. And then, man, you get a religion involved. Changes the game. And that religion, yeah. or at least a portion mm. of that religion. Yeah. Their mantra is, you're bad, you're bad, yeah. you're bad. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, dude, Stop. not all of me, yeah. you know? Like, <laughs> Even a part of you has got to know I'm good. Yeah. Like, dude, all the bad things that I've done mm. that I could name, yeah, I'm very aware of them. And I do not like the fact that I did yeah. them. Yeah, I would agree with that. And also, <laughs> I, I got some good stuff, dude. Yeah, I really do. Yeah. There's some beautiful stuff that mm. swirls around in me, man, yeah. for real. Yeah. I want to read a quote that I go back to sometimes. Mm. A quote that I want to read. But what what are we talking about when we say ego? Uh, I think about it like my like my teacher or a teacher I've <laughs> I've learned from. He describes it as the thing that makes you put your pants on in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've heard like, this. yeah, like it's your child self needed to put on pants to start stepping out into the world. And so your ego is your pants, your shoes. It's kind it's of what's protecting you. So there's, it's a protection. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a covering. It's yeah. a protection. Yeah. So therefore it's not the essence, essence, essence of you. Right. But it doesn't mean by definition that it's somehow bad. No. Uh-uh. And it doesn't mean that it isn't a pretty freaking accurate reflection of yeah. you. It can be. It can be. It can also be a complete disguise. Yep. That whatever you put on you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can you can put on the glasses mm. and you can go, that feels like me. Yeah. It's not me. Right. And I know it's not me. Right. This is me. Or if you want to go further, this isn't mm. even me. But you know. Right. And then but some glasses you'd put on because you're going in disguise. Mm-hmm. So Maybe people have mistakenly thought that ego was just, look at me, I'm awesome. Right. And then some people, I think, mistakenly think it's just a disguise. Right. I think sometimes it's just, like, mm. you trying to show yeah. the world what you're really like. Totally. But then there's so many things that happen in the world. So, or what what else can we say about it? What is it? It's, it's the pants you put on. Pants you put on. It's, um... Yeah, it can be, it can be exactly what you described. It can be, there can be negatives to it. There can be positives. So you can be presenting yourself in the world in a strong, mild, loving nature. And then you could present your world as a hateful, destructive lunatic. 
you know, there's kind of your ego is portraying both sides. It's not always. And I think you could even taking it back to the clothes analogy, just like you could be wearing something that looks super fresh or you could be wearing something that looks terrible. Right. Um, as far as present terrible in the sense of the word yeah. in the world. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's as far as like, yeah, I mean, then, then there's the ego, super ego. There's the layers, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's stuff's fascinating. Yeah. I learned so much from it, but then sometimes I take a step back and I mm-hmm. go, this is just vocabulary words mm-hmm. because if, if one's not careful, one might basically just be in a new religion. Totally. And it's like, no, right. no, no. Right. Carl Jung said, yeah. and it's like, dude, I love pretty much everything yeah. I've ever read by that guy. Right. He's just a guy and he came up with words yeah. and there's not, it. there isn't yeah. like a chart inside of you right. that's labeled ego and right. super. It's just a way that we can figure out how to carry an idea. Right. But, but the death of ego mm. is the phrase that you used. Totally. So what does that mean, man? Mm. What died? Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> Do you put, there was some yeah. that you had put a covering on mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. and that covering burned away and mm-hmm. all that was left was just mm-hmm. Pavin. Well, you'd think that would be good. Mm. In some ways it was. I'm right. sure in some ways it was just like, I hated that feeling. Right. But does that mean, because you can't just then move, if if we understand the ego right. to be necessary in right. life, right. if the ego burns away, you can't be like, all right, here I am world right. with no clothes on. You had to then put something right. else on. Right. So what's the point? Mm. Like, if you have to put a new thing on anyway, Mm. why was it good for one of... Was it because there was something that had to go that you had put on? Is there always something that has to go? Mm. I think it's, um, again, the guy I learned from amalgamation is the word, right? So it's... What does that mean? Two metals, like amalgamate. Mm. Amalgamate is the word where you melt down metal. Yeah, right, right. Like the alchemist Um, is one of my favorite books. Yeah, and then it comes back together, right? Right. Or you can mold it back together. So your younger childhood is essence, right? Essence, essence, essence. For me, I feel like I remember my ego kind of being formed from like 10 to 13. It's really when I felt like the covering came on, right? Oh, wow. Okay. And so then then it's kind of ego, you know, soul together. And then I feel like, and this is just me riffing. This I love is, this. this is, then it's just me in my ego fully for a while. From like 17 years old to, you know, 21 when my friend died. Like, I feel like my my soul popped out every now and then. And I it, see what you're saying. You know what I mean? But like, it got so small. It right. was just all ego, bro. All right, let me do, I want to do an experiment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although, you, I think I already know the answer to the, mm-hmm. this question, but I, this is something I'm working on for the next show. Mm-hmm. There's so many things I want to do that I'm like, I'm, I'm sort of afraid to try. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But to go to go funny spiritual, for lack of a better word, maybe mm-hmm. maybe you can help me come up with a better word than that. But funny, um, intentional. Yeah, intentional could mm-hmm. be good. But and then dancing. Oh yeah. Okay, that's mm-hmm. the show. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But to, uh-huh. to just do that, and we yeah. did like at the last show, it was like. Right. A song ended. We mm. we said ain't nothing but a G thing, babe, and we're uh-huh. doing like uh-huh. like this stuff. Mm. And then the song ends. I turn some of the lights down and I uh-huh. go. Uh-huh. And I go. I'm gonna. I, I want to do a teaching. It's gonna take about three minutes. Uh-huh. About a spiral. 
there's an ego about that mm. to yeah. go. You should listen to me. Mm. Like yeah. you should listen to me. Yeah. So let me read you this. You, you're going to know it. It's a famous quote, but <clears throat> our deepest fear is not that we mm. are inadequate. You know this? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to read it anyway, just so we can buy. Yeah, yeah. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. As And as we let our light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Mm. So I think that you have to be living in some, you have to be living in some sort of positive healthy ego healthy something in order to believe that Mm. and i'm starting to notice it in more people that are maybe successful is probably a good word Mm. but i don't mean famous Mm. although it's there's there's a lot of famous people some famous people i don't want i don't don't think they're successful yeah, yeah, I don't learn much from them. Mm-hmm. They might have money and fame, but they're mm-hmm. not successful. But there are people who it's like, I respect how they have worked and what they have yeah. learned and how they have grown mm-hmm. and what they have produced. Right. And uh, there's something about ego that I I feel like I've died like multiple times in my life. Mm. Like a, a few yeah they were like it felt humongous yeah and i learned every time Mm. right but i don't think that the that i know suffering is a teacher for sure right and there's so much like buddhist teachings Mm -hmm. that speak to that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. and healthy but it, it just doesn't ring right to me to think that when you were to go through some sort of mm. difficulty that would cause some suffering, mm. that what you think of as the healthiest parts of you are the things that go away. Mm. But sometimes it seems to happen, but maybe it's because there's a false self. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if when you were 21, mm. that what you said was this essence and mm. soul, mm-hmm. and but the season was after mm. that. And there was something going on with you that mm-hmm. was from a good place, but maybe mm-hmm. went further. Mm-hmm. Do you think ever it brought, did it, does it bring you back ever? Or is there such mm-hmm. a thing as bringing you back? Or does, there's, I mean, there's only now. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the alchemy thing, man. I don't. I think it is a blend. Perfect. Perfectly honest. I think yeah. it's kind of. There is, and what I think when, at least hearing what you're saying as yes. far as it bringing me back, is that yes, there are some things in my ego that I need to bring back out into life, like in my job, in my career, like how I interact with people in the world. I've been feeling like there's, I need to push more of my creativity, my uniqueness, right? Because, yeah. you know me, I explain everything in the Enneagram terms, but <laughs> like, like my 
my number where I sit is like to be creative and unique in the world. So mm-hmm. that's gotten me my jobs, my positioning, my my power in the world. So to actually to push any of that down sometimes is such a detriment to me <laughs> and my success for my family. And it's not that I'm living, but that only came with time. <laughs> to now understand a little bit of how my heart interacts with that ego. Because if I start to live too fully in it, I get more depressed and or or just too obsessed with myself and how people think about me and how I interact. And that's what that's what that dance is now. I used I didn't ever have the dance. And then all of a sudden the dance became <laughs> so real of how I need to present myself to the world, but then also be really true to my my soul and i think actually right now where i'm at i mean being married is just such a gift (laughs) as far as a teacher right unbelievable i mean it's the it's just the most epic thing to have someone that you can process this type of experience with Um, especially if you're really resonating with each other's language and how you're talking about what's happening oh my god i (laughs) i've seen marriages where two where two people are on different spirals of consciousness yeah and i couldn't imagine if that was my reality and i think the universe just knew and was being kind to me and my decisions up to this point that i ended up the way with who i was with but yeah it's just been helping me so much with my ego so i i do feel pulled back lately to pull back that ego out so that i can better my space and i think it's actually a healthier expression of myself because I haven't been expressing my ego enough.